So when we start working with clients, we don't want them to book us 15 interviews in two weeks. That's not ideal. That's, that's not how you drive value. We want to set up a customer interview, user interview funnel, so we can continuously book customer and user interviews. Continuous research is key. You need to be continuously check for new trends. You need to be continuously conduct customer user interviews. And you need to be continuously um, also check some of your core assumptions at scale. At this stage of our work, we use surveys. Yarek, Aisha, Vera, two episodes every week. Beancast, product innovation and UX design podcast. We're live again. Um, my name is Behrad. I'm the founder and owner of Bonanza Design. This year and end of last year being very difficult for a lot of startups market has been shaking opportunities have been shrinking for everyone so in case you are been applying and not getting any response it's not about you it's just the general sentiment of market this is when market is low, everyone is low. I'm here today to talk about how you could potentially integrate a lean UX process in, in uh, your agile development process. So before I start, what are your typical frustrations with agile methodologies as a UX designer, as a designer? In no research done. Thank you, Bettino, for a great conversation starter. No research time. I'll I'll feel you. It's it is what it is. You gotta call it um, the way it is. Um, as a designer, you don't have so much space under agile methodology, namely Scrum, to do your work, especially to do your research. Another good point: uh, lacking product vision or strategy. That's another big topic with agile. Especially when you are in a fast-paced environment and you shipping, 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 uh, you don't know really why and what. Well, you hopefully you know what you are shipping, but you don't know why you are shipping and how it contribute to the overall business outcome, which is at the end of the day is all about revenue. Um, but there is a disconnect between. Devs and designs by default, in my opinion, and it requires a conscious act, and it requires um, um, requires product owners and product managers to sort of come in between these two functions and align them. How many of you? I have designed God knows how many screens that never saw the light of the day. Uh, design, 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 and maybe 10%, 5% of those designs get implemented. What about the 95%? Doesn't matter because it doesn't get included because it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't fit into the roadmap because there is no product vision. There is no product strategy. We don't know why we are doing what we are doing. 
So um, what is Lean UX and how it can help you to sort of like run better agile, right? So let's talk about this. And then um, let me break down what do I, um, what is Lean UX design process that Bonanza design? There are three pillars that are uh, we, we leverage. And then I talk quickly about how you can sort of like help your designer do a better job, uh, have less stressful um, development sprints, and increase overall um, mental health, overall team satisfaction, and deliver more impactful futures. So when we talk about Lean, what is Lean UX design? It has three pillars in my opinion. Lean uh, UX design uh, respect um, a agile mindset. So what is agile in my opinion, in my view, it's a mindset that says, that sees the ecosystem around your product and business as a lively, dynamic, ever-changing ecosystem. As you push a future to the market, market respond to your future and adapt to it. And then you need to see how market adapt, what kind of signals it sends to your way, and what you can learn from these signals and how you can adjust your plan. So in a sense, you need a product roadmap, but you need to be willing to throw away your product roadmap, so to speak, redo it again, redefine it again, and then course correct and move ahead forward. That's what I mean by agile. Design thinking. So design thinking... I don't know what you know about design thinking, but design thinking has a very pragmatic definition for me. But design thinking is about a system view, applying a system thinking to, on, to have, to recognize all the key actors in the way of your business delivering value to your market and your customers. And to be able to do so, you need to have a system view, a bird's eye view. At the same time, you need to apply a zoom-in view and understand your customer by leveraging empathy. So being empathetic towards your customer is the key to understand the context around their pain points. When you look into your analytics, when you look into the demographic activities, demographic trends in your market, you can only see what is happening. We see, for example, 25% dropout uh, rate in our checkout process. You see that, you observe that number, but you don't know why. You don't know why. Maybe you realize that we have a D2C direct to consumer retail product that sell nappies to parents and what happens is that the checkout funnel succession um, completion rate of checkout funnel is low not because our checkout funnel design is bad but because 
you're dealing with busy parents that they are between the bedroom and the common room because their kids are sleeping over there. So with that, if you be able to apply empathy and imagine the situation of your customers, you understand the context within which they operate, they interface, they engage with your product. And that context is key to design better experiences. If you understand that you're dealing with busy parents, then you design your checkout funnel in a way that allow them to save what they have been doing, come back to it at a later time. And if there is a, for example, gap between two days gap between the last visit, the last visit, and you send them a reminder, you send them a notification, hey, you're you haven't completed your checkout. So the empathy, the context allow you to design better experiences. Design thinking is the key for us. Lean. We call it lean UX design for a reason. Lean UX design is about, it's fully about being smart, about using your resources to deliver value. Especially at early years of your business, you don't have a lot of resources. So you need to apply your resources really wisely. So Lean UX design, Lean is about reducing the cost, the waste in your product design development process to be able to deliver the maximum impact. So whatever, be it a person, be it a process, be it a tool that gets in the way, that is resourceful, that is resource heavy, that waste your uh, resources, you need to omit, you need to remove, you need to minimize its effects to be able to maximize value. Lean is a term that is um, taken from the process in, um, lean is a, is, a, is a term that was originally um, coined by a product, well, factory line, processes of Toyota. Toyota is um, renowned for its revolutionary development process. Uh, they are very wise at consuming resources, right? So green is really important, especially when you look into, especially when it comes to the world of startups. So that these are the core three pillars of lean UX design. Being agile, uh, apply empathy, understand context, understand why, and use resources wisely, minimize waste. We are inspired by their processes. We are not copying them. We are trying to say, we are trying to see, we are trying to second look, third look. Uh, we are trying to verify. Uh, uh, not verify, we are trying to assess and evaluate our processes to make sure that we use the least amount of resources to deliver the maximum impact. That's what Lean is. So whatever that 
gets in the way and unnecessary in your design development process, you need to omit. So that's basically the principle, three core pillars of Lean UX design. So all of you probably are familiar with the Scrum process. In your Scrum process, you have product backlog, you have a sprint planning sessions, um, you put it in this, whatever that gets uh, prioritized goes in a sprint backlog, and then you have a four, one to four weeks of delivery sprint. You deliver, you ship. Designers' complaints are very valid because they don't know why we are designing this feature, how it contributes to business outcome. And they don't have enough time to test what they have shipped, what they have um, contributed to deliver. So how can we fix this? Fixing this process requires our recognition that this process was invented to help the work of developers, not the designers. Agile Manifesto was written by a collective of developers, not designers. This process was made to ease up the work of developers, not designers, really important. And when we talk about the Scrum process, this is not, if I want to rename it, this is called delivery process, not discovery process. This is, for this process was designed and invented to deliver better, right? So smarter people than me, um, expanded on this they were like hold on a second we've been using this process for building and delivering but we haven't done enough job of discovering and learning right so that's why um, the key to integrating a lean ux design process is light in recognizing that we need to be doing a proper discovery work in parallel to delivery work. In parallel is really important because the act of discovery never ends. It's an ongoing work. It's a continuous act of discovery, research, prototyping, and testing. And this cannot stop. This cannot stop. Right? So the way we work with clients is that we always want to engage. It really depends on their time. But in an ideal world, we want to engage with them one or two sprints before their delivery sprint. So this is their delivery sprint, and we want to be at least one sprint ahead of them, right? At least if we can do two, that's fantastic. If we can do three, even better. But what happens here is our discovery sprint 
feed their delivery sprints. And as they run their delivery, we don't stop our discovery. We continuously work on our uh, discovery. So this becomes a parallel um, work that in one stream there is a team that deliver and another stream a team that discover and learn and test right so a, a lot of teams in advanced companies have um, employed this kind of mindset they separated the work of discovery from delivery um, for your discovery work you don't need as many developers as you would need for your delivery work. Actually, you don't need a full-time tech lead or developers. You would need a product designer or UX designer at 100% of capacity, and you would need a PM or a tech guy, tech lead or tech developer or what have you, at 25 percent in combat in combination they need to be allocating 50 percent of their weekly time to their discovery work the main heavy lifting is done by the product designer or ux designer in this case we separate the definition of ux designer and product designer UX designer, when we use the UX designers, uh, UX designers often really good at finalizing and producing. And product designer is usually good at work of discovery. That's how we separate the two functions. We have UX designers to finish the job, to produce. We have product designers to discover, to learn, to do fast prototyping. Umar, I think it's possible. I, you know, we, we, um, you know, as, as I told you that, you know, in your terio, we call it terio, product terio, you would need a full, a UX designer full time allocated and PM and tech on a 25%, right? So in case that you see a it's, it's a matter of designing that process and agreeing on it, but as long as in your product tell you someone better be UX designer or product designer uh, can allocate their hundred percent you could run merge those two process together For, you need to recognize that there are two functions in your sprint first you need to discover then you need to deliver and you need to recognize that these works are continuous as you have a continuous delivery you need to be incorporating establishing a continuous discovery work right so um this has been liberating epiphany for product teams by allocating a specific team to the act of discovery then you can reduce tension reduce pressure on your delivery team to do discovery and um, the way sometimes we work with clients is that sometimes in bigger teams we rotate so 
if, for example, um, Alex, the PM, was the PM of this discovery sprint or was allocated to for this month to be the, the PM of discovery sprint, Sophie, next month, could become the PM of the productario. So it's not these roles are, these are the roles people behind it could uh, rotate. And uh, we actually recommend teams to rotate so everyone would be involved in the act of discovery. So we can exchange, share the knowledge and distribute knowledge faster. And it's like you could call a PM and uh, there is in more established team, you have a PO and then a couple of PMs under the PO. It's really a decision to be made team by team. It could be a PO involved if the PO wants to be involved. Sometimes POs are really uh, wearing different hats, so they prefer to allocate one of their PMs or their PM team um, collaboratively to be part of Productario. It's something that goes, it's a very team by team situation and you need to make this decision in-house depending on your capabilities and resources. You know, it's, um, again, it's PO, the definition of PO and what the PO does differs team by team, company by company. So in certain, we, I did a podcast with um, Tressa Kane. Um, she is the director of product experience at Trevi Pay, 700 people organization. And she is very hands-on in every Figma file that is active. So it really depends on uh, your PO um, preferences, so to speak, if they want to be hands-on, if they have availability. But usually in your product team, given whether it's a PO, whether it's a PM, uh, one person needs to be involved in the product area. Right, and we really recommend to rotate it so it wouldn't be only one person. One of the advantage of incorporating such a process and separating the work of discovery and delivery is that you are going against a very big phenomenon that is very common in many teams. It's called build trap. Some of you mentioned early on that we don't know what we are building, why we are no, we, we know what we are building, but we don't know why we are building what we are building. And that's because you are trapped in a never-ending cycle of fast-paced future development, shipping, 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 without knowing how it contributes to business outcomes. A business outcome, by definition, is a change in human behavior that drives business revenue. So when we talk about business outcome, you need to influence a customer user behavior and that influence needs to drive business revenue. That's the definition of business outcome is, a, is, a, is tight. So you cannot only influence business behavior. You need to select and prioritize a human customer user behavior and that influence need to drive business revenue, right? So when we do product discovery, we have enough time to ponder upon 
to reflect what kind of business outcome we want to drive. Then we look deeper in the work of product strategy. What is our strategy? What we are doing? What we are not doing? Who are we? Who are we not? How we are different from our competitors? Right? These are really important questions to continuously think about. One of the reasons that Apple as an organization, as a massive, massive conglomerate, winning still to this date because they are exceptional when it comes to crafting product strategy for every product category that they touch. And it's so crucial and so underplayed in the world of a startup, the act of product strategy, the curation and designing a product strategy, often underlooked, overlooked. And that's what gets 90% of startups because we don't know where we are going. Part of understanding product strategy is what we are not doing, who we are not. That's a very, very, very solid starting point as an organization, as a team to understand what we can do respecting our capabilities and resources, right? So the, the product discovery gives you that space to focus on your product strategy, to craft a product strategy, to have a roadmap. I told you that you, dis, you put together a product roadmap and you need to be willing to kill it, to throw it away whenever you get signals that contradict that roadmap, right? That needs to be part of your readiness, right, as a team. But at any given point, you need to be having a product roadmap, a north star, so to speak, a compass, a direction, a navigation, um, a navigation that you could um, basically navigate yourself, right? So that's very key. Um, product discovery helps you become clearer about your product strategy, right? It helps you to focus on a specific outcome that you want to drive, you want to push, uh, you want to boost, right? So these are, there are a lot of wins when it comes to incorporating a product discovery in parallel to your product delivery. Beside keeping your designers happy, besides helping them to do their job properly, also it allow your team to focus on driving a specific business outcome. It helps your team to craft a very, very effective product strategy. By the way, team, um, if you would like to um, join our community, we have a very vibrant community uh, on Discord. It's called UX Gene. Uh, we talk a lot inside. There's, there's over thousands of us. I cannot believe 
four months ago, we were like at about 200 people. Now there is thousands of UX designers, product designers, managers, and executives in this channel. So um, if you would like to catch up, connect, network, this is the community for you. A UX gym channel is as part of our UX gym training that we are providing for uh, UX designers. So in case you're interested in our UX gym training, uh, talk to Aisha, talk to Yarek in our team. More than happy to um, um, introduce you to our training. Um, so um, discovery, um, work of discovery, what does it entail? I'm going to touch base on this quickly, then we can wrap it up. Um, discovery has three components. Continuous research. So when we start working with clients, we don't want them to book us 15 interviews in two weeks. That's not ideal. That's, that's not how you drive value. We want to set up and customer interview, user interview funnel, so we can continuously book customer and user interviews. Continuous research is key. You need to be continuously check for new trends. You need to be continuously conduct customer user interviews. And you need to be continuously um, also check some of your core assumption at scale. At this stage of our work we use surveys so and then when you start bumping into new ideas opportunities you need to validate those opportunities really quickly without committing so much to it being lean you could do many type of experiment under this umbrella fake door tests basically placing a button placing a page in your app and see whether people are interacting with it you can do wizard of O's, especially if you want to mimic a service. You don't need to build a platform around it. You can do it manually to see how it works. Um, and also concierge service. I mean, these two terms are go hand in hand, but the whole essential of it is don't build the product, don't build the service, don't scale a service, test it first as lean as possible. If you want to offer a coaching, if you want to build a coaching platform, do it manually first with calling. If you want to create an automated system, you can do it like this. You can put a people, person in that thing, in a container and test the experience. Um, so opportunity validation, um, also typical, another typical experiment you can run is landing pages. You can pitch your, um, idea to the market and see how many people are engaging with it that's opportunity validation whenever whichever opportunity opportunity that passed this phase you see good engagement you see good positive reaction towards it then you need to move it to the last stage which is about solution validation that's basically when you go detail you go zoom in on the solution and try to see how it works at this stage, you run design sprints. So in the solution validation, you often do prototyping, user testing, basically design sprint, and um, try to test the detail of the solution with your potential customers and users. So this is what we do within a discovery sprint. 
Some of the ideas are at early stages. We do continuous research. Some of the ideas are opportunities we are working at in the intermediary stage. We do a factor testing. We do landing pages. Some of the ideas as later stages, we do design sprints, right? So, and it's not like a linear process. Sometimes when we work with clients for long term, uh, in our discovery sprints, we have different streams that we are running. Some of the ideas, some of the opportunities at early stages, some of the opportunities at later stages. And, um, and then this is a wall, this is your discovery. And those that become really successful and we see a lot of good engagement, we pass it on to the delivery team to deliver. So that's how we basically work with the, that's, that's our delivery work. That's our research work. That's basically what we do at the at the discovery sprint. Your discovery sprint typically should last between two to four weeks. Right now at Bonanza Design, we even innovated on that. We run one big design sprint or one week of discovery. Um, when we do a lot of discovery, we bump into a lot of opportunities. Problems for me are opportunities, right? So I don't see problems are problems. I see problems as opportunities. How do you go about organizing your or uh, your your opportunities and um it, it, sort of like how do you keep track of them right that's a big topic itself on itself um you could go about it in different ways um but the typical way is opportunity mapping this is a there's a book by Teresa torres called continuous research if you haven't read it pick drop everything and read that book it's a very good book Tresla Torres introduced opportunity maps. We use it as well for our client work. Um, so basically, um, that's how it works. You have a desired outcome at top. You have an opportunity in mind. You have different candidate solutions. And then you run experiment to test them. That's how we sort of organize our opportunities and problems that we bump into. Right, you could turn this very well into Excel sheet, Notion sheet, what have you, Trello, uh, Trello uh, page. Um, different ways you can go about it. We use Figma Jam, and we, we like to work with it uh, in Figma Jam. It's a very good platform. It gives you flowcharts and stuff, so we can use it and connect stuff together. So we continuously go back to our opportunity map, reflect on it, add more ideas, and execute on it. Cool. Um, that's about it, folks. I think it's, it was a really good summary of uh, discovery work, uh, how you can really work better under agile environment. I appreciate you. Uh, thanks a lot for coming by. Remember, every season we run several webinars. Join our Discord. Follow us on our meetup. Uh, our LinkedIn, Instagram, we are everywhere. Join our Discord channel. We have a UX team training for all of you. You get to work with me. You get to work with our team. You train your muscles in UX design. Not theory. Forget the theory. You don't become a great UX designer. You don't become a great sculpture by learning about the theory of sculpt doing sculptures. That's, you need to work. So a UX gym training is a place for folks, junior, mid-senior, senior, to come in, commit to 12 weeks of continuous work and train yourself and become 
master of the craft of UX design. So if that excites you, that excites us too. Join us wherever you are. In the meantime, till we see each other again, enjoy your summer. I appreciate all of you that joined. See you soon.